Welcome back in to Gotta Take This here on WLUR Lexington. It's the first episode of our second season, Crawford Humphreys and Cole Heisner. Back here again on the airwaves after a brief intermission with Christmas break. Excited to be back, and boy, do we miss a lot in the world of sports. Oh, Super yeah. Bowl, college football playoff, NFL free agency going on now, NBA trade, the trade deadline, which produced a ton of storylines with, of course, James Harden being the most significant move over to Brooklyn. But we have a lot to recap. I mean, let's, we can start with the Super Bowl because that was incredible. And yeah. you're a, a Tom Brady fanatic. You actually did the, the Tom Brady diet for uh, 12 months leading up to the Super Bowl, right? Yes, TV I, did. 12. I yeah. did. Yes, I'm extremely pliable now. I only eat uh, avocado ice cream. Um, <laughs> I'm, I've been more on the Tom Brady uh, Super Bowl parade diet for the last 12 months <laughs> of a lot of drinking and messing around. <laughs> and, and, and that was also followed up by the college football playoff which I think was probably the most predictable outcome or the most predictable thing to come out of 2020, which was Alabama running away with it uh, by a significant margin. And then, of course, topping the recruiting class. And it, they're basically set up to do it all over again, despite losing Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and, and a lot of really, really big seniors. Uh, so college football remains ever predictable. And of course, also while we were away, college basketball, we missed a lot. I mean, there was a lot that got going seems like every sports league is off the ground now officially with no significant COVID hiccups or shutdowns or anything like that, which is a very good sign. Yeah, absolutely. It's been really great to just be back to kind of regular sports and, you know, somewhat. Obviously, there are no fans in the stands, but every night there's a game to watch on TV, which is welcome news for sports fans everywhere. Um, we've been really excited. The NBA is getting going and we're little sneak peek of later in the episode, we're going to talk about March Madness a lot, which we are very excited about. March Madness, very exciting, and, and, and college basketball was huge. I mean, the fact that they got through a whole season without any very significant cancellations or anything like that, that was that was a very big deal. And it's, it's credit to the NCAA, although they didn't really have much of a, a system in place. It seemed like it was kind of every every team for themselves. Yeah, as much as we yeah, hate to give the NCAA any credit, it is great to see that the tournament is going to be happening with, you know, most every team so far will be in it. You know, a couple teams had to cancel uh, in their conference tournaments, specifically UVA and Duke, um, which, again, super strange that Duke and Kentucky are not in the NCAA tournament this year. Um, and, you know, weirdly, not for lack of having great recruiting classes as usual. They still had their great coaches. They had great returning players. Just didn't get it done. Um, you know, we think that could be partially due to just teams, you know, like that, normally, you know, playing in Cameron Indoor Stadium or Rupp Arena is such an environment that's, you know, uh, exciting for the players and scary for opposing teams. And this season, it was just a regular old gym. Um, so that could be partly why they're out, but they're out. And a lot of teams that kind of new, new blood is in the NCAA tournament. So very exciting college basketball season. We can't wait to get the tournament going this weekend. Yeah, it's definitely very exciting, and it showed how much can happen in an empty gym and how much the dynamic of a college basketball game changes. You know, UVA had, I'm partial as a UVA fan, but shoot, they had plenty of very, very close calls at home, which is notoriously one of the best, you know, home environments in the ACC, aside from, of course, you know, the Dean Dome and, and, and Cameron Indoor as well. Uh, so that was very interesting to see. And, and the Super Bowl was, that made the Super Bowl like all the more exciting because there were actual fans there. Right. And some kind of general excitement yeah. um, in terms of attendance with, I guess, all the healthcare workers plus everyone else that was able to buy a ticket. And it seems like more and more uh, sports leagues are gearing up for the fall. And I know a lot of SEC schools are already promising full stadiums and so on and so forth, which I guess we, we will have to wait and see on that and see how that ends up. Um, but 
I think everything is still still has an asterisk until the uh, the fans are back. I, I I will stand by that. Ever since the Lakers won it all, I think that's <laughs> I have I have stood by that. Yeah, I know it's definitely very strange. I mean, Bama winning, you know, college football made a lot of sense. Um, some people, I'm sure, have argued on Twitter. I've seen the haters and the losers talking about how Tom Brady had you know his Mickey Mouse ring, like LeBron had his, which we you know fully support the notion of LeBron's ring being a Mickey Mouse ring. Um, but I don't know, Brady, you know, that was a big advantage for the Buccaneers getting to play in their home stadium. First time ever a team has played in front of their own fans in the Super Bowl. And of course they won, you know, resoundingly. Um, that's, that's old news now. Um, but yeah, the, the, are there going to be fans at the tournament? I know they're all going to be locked in in Indiana or Indianapolis, excuse me. Um, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if there are going to be fans. I think, I'm sure the first couple rounds are going to be heavily locked down, but maybe, the longer they yeah. keep that bubble environment, maybe it'll open up by the time the actual championship game, or at least the final four, rolls around. Um, but that'll be interesting, actually. I, haven't, I, I didn't even look into that and see if they're they're allowing fans. It'll probably just be the same thing as it was throughout the season with the, the uh, players' families and right. like girlfriends and all that stuff. But um, I'm sure the listeners are wondering right now, Colin Crawford, why have you not mentioned the most significant thing that happened during the break? which was Mitch Trubisky winning the Nickelodeon MVP award <laughs> against the Saints, despite the, the Saints steamrolling the Bears in that yeah. game that was televised on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Did you watch any of that game? Um, I think I watched it, but not on the Nickelodeon channel, um, partly because my roommate Kevin is a big Bears fan. So he had it on and he was just getting angrier and angrier and taking his Khalil Mack jersey on and putting it back, you know, take whatever. All over the place. Um, he was not in the mood for the getting slimed in the end zone repeatedly that the Saints players experienced and the Bears players did not really experience. Um, <laughs> but that was definitely a fun little wrinkle. It's always fun to see stuff like that, especially with, you know, um, goofy teams like the Chicago Bears. You know, goofy teams get goofy broadcasts and that's... Uh, that's that's what they got. Speaking of goofiness, they just signed, looks like their quarterback of the future, Andy Dalton, today. Um, I believe one year, $10 million, a possibility to go up to $13 million. So, Andy, congratulations on a payday. Um, and congratulations to the Bears on finally finding their quarterback, their franchise quarterback. The, the, the Nickelodeon MVP was hilarious because I guess it was, it was really a, a grassroots effort started by Barstool Big Cat and some other guys who, because yeah. they put it all up to a Twitter poll and Nickelodeon should know better. If you put anything up to a Twitter poll or just by like a hashtag, nothing like serious is going to happen. Right. Yeah. No one's really, I mean, just the potential, like you said, for it to be hijacked um, by anyone with a significant following, like, you know, Barstool guys who've got a million followers. Exactly. That's, uh, yeah, that's primed for Mitch Trubisky to be your MVP. Yeah, nothing nothing great comes out of Twitter. If you're, You can't be serious on Twitter. You can't, like, yeah. try and get serious stuff done on that platform. It yeah. just never works. It, it, maybe if you did it on Facebook, where it's a little bit more of, like, a refined audience. Because <laughs> Twitter, you get into, like, the depths of Twitter, especially yeah. sports Twitter, and it is abysmal. Like, I know you've seen all the guys that are, you know, like, Woj will tweet, and you wait, like, a minute, and it's just, like, all yeah. those tweets about... LeBum James, Mickey Mouse Ray. It's like a, yeah. it's, autom it's automatic. My wife left me. A lot of guys' wives left them. Um, yeah. Always in the replies, telling everyone about that. <laughs> yeah, to really get a, a, a good voting system, you need to like go to an ex external website. You need to put in an email, and you need to like 
just put in more effort than you know you clicking do the, a little do the button. captcha too i'm not a robot yeah. you have to have to have that <laughs> yeah yeah otherwise yeah trubisky's your mvp yeah. um, that's about as low as you can go in terms of polling on twitter i'm, I'm trying to think of any other like significant um twitter twitter moments uh where yeah. where something was put up to a poll and then just like the absolute like worst case scenario happened i'm trying there's got to be something else I see it a lot like in politics where uh-huh. like a super political person will be like put a poll up and then the other side will find it and retweet it a bunch and the poll will end up completely in the wrong direction uh-huh. from what the person was originally intending it to be. Mm-hmm. It happens on the right and the left. It's always usually pretty amusing. Yeah. Um, you know, like, you know, do you, do you support, uh, I don't know, paying for everyone's college and people on the left will find it and say, yes, yes, yes. And yeah, the, yeah. Or I don't know, you know, do you support? Yeah. So that's, um, that's always fun. That's the most thing I can think of. I've, I've seen it, I guess, on the music side of Twitter, too, yeah. where, where it's like a, a Taylor Swift fan account. Will yeah. be like, who's more influential, Taylor and Kanye? And then some Kanye fan retweets it, and all of a sudden it's like 80% Kanye yeah. West, and they have to delete it. And yeah. It's like this poll has been removed by the, uh, <laughs> by the author. Man, Twitter is just, it's, it's yeah. a cesspool. BTS, sometimes. too. I don't even know what BTS is. <laughs> like have you seen all those videos, K-pop? too? But, yeah, yeah, but they are everywhere on Twitter. Everywhere. They have they have. Everywhere. Very loyal following on Twitter. I don't know if you've ever done this, but there's this this Twitter account. It's like the Music Charts Twitter account, and it just says, like, you know, so-and-so song is trending at number one, you know, or, like, you know, Kanye's get very contentious because it'll be, you know, Kanye West wins the Grammy for Best Gospel Album with right. Jesus is King, and all the comments are just all these people with, like, the twi- Taylor Swift profile picture just saying, like, you know, he fell off, like, terrible, terrible yeah, album, yeah, yeah. terrible person. And, but, it, but some of those... Like the, the, you get like fan base wars almost. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of Ariana Grande fans yes. are vi- vicious in the comments. I mean, those are yes. entertaining, but they go after those people. I feel I feel bad for some of those people. I know. You know and who they else? Get, they get lit up in the Twitter comments. Nicki Minaj. Yes. You do not want to say anything bad about Nicki Minaj anywhere online because they will find your Twitter and they will hound you. They are relentless. I mean, I've heard. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Nicki Minaj people are crazy. Um, the Beyonce, the Lady the, Gaga has some. Lady has Gaga, some. yeah, those people, those are some scary people. But we digress. What a, what a tangent that was. But let's hop straight into March Madness, the most timely thing we have going on right now. Um, you know, for us college students, really the biggest thing we are looking forward to right now. Seriously, this, know, is, this has been my life for the last few days. For sure, yeah. And especially since the the weather here, it's been flip flopping, and, and yeah. just when you feel like we're about to turn the corner, hit like the 60, 70 degree weather with like a low of fifty. We get like a wintry mix overnight, or we drop back down to 30s. Like yeah. today was freezing; it was terrible. Yeah, and it, we just keep going like on this seesaw back and forth. Um, so March Madness is the only thing keeping the energy alive here right now. But let's fill out a whole bracket. Let's do the gotta take this bracket. Yeah, we're gonna go team by team. We're gonna go as in depth as we can, and and and. Hope we're kind of right. And and this is going to be Cole's bracket for the record. I want to make sure people know that. Because <laughs> right, yeah, I, yeah. As, a, as a Virginia fan, I, I did not fill out a bracket last year. It just completely slipped my mind. And Virginia ended up winning it all. I guess yeah. two years ago now. It's crazy how time has flown. 2019. But that was the first time I've, I've never filled out a bracket. And UVA happened to win it all. I yeah. mean, I filled out a bracket and we lost to a 16 seed. So I I don't know if I'll ever be able to touch a bracket again yeah. after that. That's That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. This will be my, um, I do not have that superstition. This will be the sixth bracket I've made so far. Honestly, those numbers aren't that bad, though. I've, yeah. I've heard far worse. I've heard like 40. Yeah. I think you can make up to 25 on ESPN. Um, if you have one account, though. If you log in oh, two accounts, smart. then you're at 50. Smart. Um, I actually looked it up earlier today, and I believe that 
all the possibilities are, I think, 9.2 quintillion. Um, so I don't know if anyone has the time to input all those. I'm trying to get that that million dollars from Warren Buffett. I know. Yeah, I think I got it this year. I mean, <laughs> this might be it. This might be it. Yeah. So yeah. So we're gonna give you guys just our analysis of the bracket, game by game. You know, looking out for upsets. We've got some rankings we really like. We like Ken Pomeroy's rankings a ton. Um, Crawford likes them because they always like UVA. They, they um, overrate, honestly. Virginia. If we're going to be honest, they kind of overrate UVA. Yeah. I mean, we were ranked really high the year we lost that 16 seed. Yeah. And even this year, I mean, it was a, a not a great year by UVA standards. and We were still... Yeah, like number still, 12 or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We still stayed up there. Yeah, but I, w- I will tell the listeners the Ken Palm rankings have been great for me in the past. I did win the last bracket when UVA won it. Um, uh, Ken Palm had ranked Michigan State ahead of Duke. Duke, I believe, was the number one overall seed. That was with Zion, R.J. Barrett, Cameron Reddish. They were a huge deal that year. Everyone picked them to go far. Um, I picked them to lose, even though I'm kind of a Duke fan. I picked them to lose in the Elite Eight, and that ended up winning me the bracket. Um, I also picked the winner, UVA. Um, so I kind of demolished the bracket, not to brag or anything. But these rankings are legit. They've been great to me, so I'm, I'm going to shout them out. We're going to use them here a little bit to help us make our picks. And that was a hilarious moment because we actually watched we watched the, yeah. all of UVA's run to the title together and yeah. we were cheering for two entirely different reasons mm-hmm. i mean you because you were winning money with the bracket <laughs> as a lifelong uva fan living yeah. out my dream i mean <laughs> yeah could not have been more different but i i welcome anyone into the uva bandwagon yeah a lot of people hate us and hate <laughs> the way uva basketball plays and say it's too boring but yeah i will happily welcome anyone in with with open arms that was yeah that was a weird year for me cheering for uva and even you know being a duke fan you know i loved zion and i was you know yelling out you know Nice shot, doe boy, when he would miss <laughs> against Michigan State because I picked them and it would win me the bracket. So, yeah, but without without further ado, you want to pop into this? Yeah, uh, sure. So we're looking at the... We'll start up. Yeah, we're looking at the ESPN one. Obviously, all the brackets are the same. That would be tricky if they weren't. We'll start up in the West with Gonzaga, the number one overall seed. Um, they will be playing, to be frank, I don't even know what these teams are. Um, no idea. So I think we're gonna pick Gonzaga. Are they playing? Are they playing Norfolk State or are they playing Norfolk or is that App State? App State, yeah. See, Norfolk State had that insane upset back in was that like 2012. That was that was the 15-2 upset over Mizzou, which was over Mizzou. Okay, but I, I that's far different circumstances than playing Gonzaga in in 2021. I think Gonzaga is an easy pick. I like Gonzaga a lot. And then though the next one is Oklahoma, number eight versus number nine, Mizzou. Um, this one, I mean, a little bit of a toss-up. I believe analytically, Oklahoma, they're the higher seed. They're also a little bit better ranked analytically. I've mostly been picking Oklahoma in this. I think the Big 12, you know, both teams, I mean, Big 12 is just really tough this year. They had to play a lot of really good teams. Um, I think they'll be primed to win a game here. Um, the next game, Creighton, number five, versus number 12, UCSB. My mom went to UCSB really? in California. Yeah, yeah. And Creighton, I don't really know where I where I want to put Creighton now because they got stomped on by Georgetown in the, yeah. in the Big East title game. Yeah. I was, they've had a couple of very significant losses this year. Um, is this an upset you're picking? I really don't know where to... How, to how to chalk that up, whether that's just Georgetown getting hot at the right time or whether it's a sign of some serious woes from Creighton. I know, yeah. I'm I'm leaning towards Creighton because they are they're a five seed. However, they're ranked number nineteen in Ken Palm's rankings, which would lead you to think that they're you know a little bit better than their ranking or their seeding. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean they're they're uh, weird loss to Georgetown. It was not not a lot of people expected Patrick Ewing's you know Hoyas to 
come out of the Big East, but they did beating Creighton. So I don't know. What do you, you want to pick this upset? Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's do it for your mom. I think yeah. that's, that's <laughs> more than enough reason. Yeah, and then we've got next game, Virginia number four versus number 13, Ohio. I, I want to preface this because I know I'm biased, but I think Virginia and Villanova are two of the most likely high-seeded teams to get upset in the first round. Really? Um, I think Villanova, because they've had just some very uncharacteristic losses, they were knocked out of the Big East tournament pretty early by Georgetown. I think was it Georgetown? Patrick yeah. Ewing in Georgetown? Yeah. And, and UVA, because of the COVID concerns, I don't know... I think they're in Indianapolis, but I don't know if they've been able to practice. I don't know if they're even going to be able to step on the court before game day because of the COVID protocols. They had to drop out of the ACC tournament because they had a player with COVID. So because of that, I think those two teams are very likely to get upset. Um, so I just, I, I, it's the UV, it, it pains me as a UVA fan. Um, I think they're going to win this one very, very narrowly. I think yeah. Ohio is going to give them a lot to handle. It's, yeah. it's not going to be your uh, your normal 4-13 kind of game. Ohio is an interesting team. I mean, they're, you know, they lost to Illinois by only two points, which, you know, I really love Illinois. They're one of my picks to go very far. Um, they also have their point guard, uh, Jason Preston, who looks exactly like LaMelo Ball. I don't know if you've seen him. He's got, like, the blonde LaMelo hair. He plays like him a little bit. Um, so that's going to be a really fun game to watch. I do also think that UVA is going to win, however. But yeah. I agree with you that that's upset potential. I think I think out of just all the top seats, they are more likely than than others, and and them in Villanova for sure. Yeah. Next, we've got number six USC Southern California versus the playing game winner of Wichita State versus Drake. Um, USC is another team who is ranked very high in the Ken Palm rankings, very high for a six seed, especially. Um, they've got Evan Mobley, the big kind of do-it-all big man for them. He's going to be a high lottery pick, seven-footer with really long arms, great defender. Um, that's going to be an interesting matchup for teams, especially looking ahead a little bit if they end up playing Iowa with Luca Garza, who is the two-seed in this region. That could be a very interesting matchup. Um, Luca Garza, obviously player of the year, you know, probably favorite, I would say. But he was kind of eaten alive by Kofi Coburn recently. We'll talk about Iowa in a little bit. But I, I really like USC. I think Wichita State is an interesting team, as always. But I just think USC is underrated. Um, so I'm, I think pick them in this game. For sure. And moving on to that next matchup, Kansas versus Eastern Washington. Kansas is another team that's, that's been um, demolished by COVID. They have two yeah. players that aren't even coming to Indianapolis. I guess they're coming later if Kansas advances past the first round. And that's all we know. I mean, there very well could be more guys tied in with contact tracing and all that than we know of. So I'm, I'm, I'm very slow to pick Kansas here just until we find out more about what's actually going on within that program. Yeah, my only issue is Eastern Washington is one of the lowest ranked teams coming in analytically. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were a team that was interesting analytically, which there are a couple lower seeds, you know, that you can maybe see. Um, I just, I think Kansas, I don't really, I don't love them at all this year. In fact, they'll move on to play USC if we pick them in this. And I think USC, you know, skipping ahead a little bit, I think USC has a good chance to win that game against them. Um, but I feel like they just have the talent, they have the coaching to at least make it one game in. Um, and they're a three seed, you know, they, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think pick them here, but very skeptical of Kansas this year. Um Last couple games in this region, first round games, we've got Oregon number seven versus number ten VCU. Obviously, we're in Virginia, so we're a little partial to the Virginia teams. I'm, I'm, I'm a little partial. I love VCU's whole like havoc mentality, where they're just going to cause havoc on defense and just turnovers, steals, like literally do anything they can to get you off their game. Their home games are actually 
they are have an electric fan base. I will say that for an A10 team that's yeah. very far off the radar, you know, people tend to look at you know the JPJ in Charlottesville or Cameron Indoor, or, you know, those are kind of like the, your staple of college basketball. I'm telling you, VCU's home games are unreal. Yeah. I mean, those guys get into it, and it's VCU, so this is like their, you know, this is their heart and soul. They don't have many other. I don't even know if they have a football team, but but yeah. they. This is their sport, yeah. um, so I love VCU. If this were a home game, I'd take them in a heartbeat. But yeah, uh, they lost in the uh, the A10 title game to to the Bonnies, uh, St. Bonaventure. So I I just don't know if I can take them. I, I'm gonna have to take Oregon. Yeah, I think that this is gonna be a very popular pick for people. The 10-7 games, they're gonna be a very a lot of very popular upsets. I think again, analytically, a lot of the 10 seeds are better than the seven seeds, which is kind of a weird thing this year. Um, but Oregon, I think it's going to be a popular upset. I think you could get a little bit of a little bit of points in your bracket by picking Oregon here. So Oregon's almost the underdog, I feel like, in this game, despite being the higher seed. Um, so yeah, we'll take Oregon there. Final game in the first round is Iowa, one of the kind of darlings of college basketball this year, with a lot of upperclassmen. Um, Luca Garza, obviously one of the one of the more likable players in the country, I would say, has had a great career. Going to have his number retired um, by Iowa. They're playing number fifteen, Grand Canyon University. Grand Canyon is very interesting. They just joined uh, Division One. believe this is their fifth year. For the first four years that you are in Division One, you can't make the tournament. So they've had incredible 21 seasons, like wow. conference championships, but they haven't been able to make the tournament until this year. Is Grand Canyon an online school? Have I seen an ad for them on TV? Maybe. I, I've, I've, heard <coughs> something, I've heard something similar to Grand Canyon, I feel like. You yeah, that for an online school on TV. That, I don't know. It, it's definitely got that kind of ring to it. Um, another fun thing is I don't know. There's I don't know if you've seen their student section videos. Oh, they're electric, incredible. They're incredible. electric. I use the word electric. I don't want to overuse it because I use it for VCU too. But <laughs> more than one can fit that definition. And yeah, GCU does that for sure. Yeah, they're they're very exciting. I look. I'm not going to pick them. Um, in one of my brackets, I picked them when I was trying to kind of get some different upsets. Um, but uh, I'm not going to pick them here, but I'll just say I wouldn't be surprised if they won this game. Um, would not be shocked out of all of the 215 matchups. I think Grand Canyon's the most interesting, but I think you got to pick Iowa here. You like, have to. They're I, a great it, team. It, it, unless they had someone notable guarding Luca Garza, I think that position's going to run them into the ground, that mismatch there. Yeah. All right, you want to hop over to the, uh, the other side of the bracket? Yeah, sure. Let's go over to the south, where Baylor is the one seed. Um, they'll be playing Hartford first round. Hartford got in conference champion. Um, what are your thoughts on Baylor this year? I think they have a very, very strong bench. That's honestly probably my favorite part um, about them is their depth. I think it's insane. Yeah. Uh, they've only had, what, one loss on the season? I think two losses. Two losses. Maybe? Yeah. They're um, strong. Um, but losses. again, Baylor has had some years where they have come into March red hot and with high expectations, and they've fallen apart. Partially could be because they wear the highlighter jerseys and it just looks <laughs> god-awful. Yeah. But I, I don't know if this team is, is built for March historically. Um, especially, you know, you go up against UNC and Wisconsin in that second round. That's going to be... Those are game. two proven teams, with UNC especially. I mean, as much as I hate UNC and Duke, and I'm sure you hate UNC too as a Duke fan, they turned it on at the end of the season. I have to give it to them. Um, and they were poised to, to, to make a run at the ACC tournament until, of course, they, they ran into the hardest side of the bracket and had to play FSU and um, all those other teams. And yeah. UVA got a, a fairly easy ride before they had to jump off because of COVID. Um, but if we're going to that matchup below Baylor, I'm going to take Baylor over Hartford. 
What do you think about Wisconsin here? Because I think in terms of a conference strength of schedule, Wisconsin blows the the, the Big Ten blew the ACC out of the water this year. Yeah, I, I don't think there was any. There's no doubt about that. I find Wisconsin very polarizing um, because they're a 17 and 12 team. They're a 12 loss team. Um, they're a little bit undersized. They've got all guys who can shoot, kind of as usual for Wisconsin. They're a little bit undersized compared to some of their historic teams. Obviously, guys like Frank Kaminsky, oh, real quick aside on Frank Kaminsky, I don't know if I've told you this, but... Frank the Tank. My dad and I, so I grew up in uh, the Chicago area, and you know they have the McDonald's All-America game, but there's also some kind of Mickey Mouse McDonald's game that's in the Chicago area with kind of like second... Mickey Mouse. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a lot of four-star recruits. I, I couldn't tell if that was actual, actual <laughs> game or if you were just calling it the Mickey Mouse, <laughs> it's, the yeah, Mickey Mouse game. It's like the Burger King All-America game. Not really, but something like that. Yeah. Um, so my dad and I went to this game uh, when I was in middle school, and it was the gym. It was at the Allstate Arena, which is you know just a small arena. Um, but there was no one in the arena. It's just me and my dad and like a couple parents. And there was a guy, a seven foot tall white guy from the Chicago area. And in warm ups, he could not make a dunk. He kept trying to windmill it. He would get rim stuffed. He just he was falling in the layup lines. And his name was Frank Kaminsky. Um, so for the rest of my middle school basketball career, while Frank was up getting better at Wisconsin, not really in the rotation for his first year or two up there, my dad would always tell me before games, you know, when I played basketball, he would say, don't be a Kaminsky out there. Don't be a Frank Kaminsky. Because to to us, he was just the kid who couldn't make a Duncan. He was just a tall, skinny white guy who sucked. And then he turned into the Naismith player of the year, a lottery pick, and he's made tens of millions of dollars in the NBA. So that's my little, just a sign, talking about Wisconsin. That's hilarious. That is so funny. My Frank Kaminsky story. Is he even, is he still in the league? I know he, yes. has, he got released by what, the Hornets? And now I don't know where he is now. Is he might be on the Suns? He got bounced around a little yeah. bit. As long as he's still in the league, that's, he's that's making huge. money. Yeah. That's but huge. Anyways, Wisconsin this year, very polarizing. They're ranked, I believe, in the Ken Palm rankings, which again, have been very good to me. Um, they're ranked number 10 in the country, in the entire country analytically, as a 12-loss, 17-win team. So I find this very intriguing. I mean, I, I think, you know, North Carolina has a lot of size, um, experience. Um, they've got Roy Williams. I mean, it, it's Carolina. But Wisconsin, just the analytics say to pick them, it's interesting. I'm going to agree with you. I'm, I'm going to pick Wisconsin. Just based off of the strength of their schedule, I think the Big Ten, for as much credit as the ACC gets for being the historically great basketball conference, they got beat fair and square by the big, excuse me, by the Big Ten this year. Yeah. Um, and and for that reason, I'm going to give it to Wisconsin. Yeah. Next game is going to be number five Villanova versus number twelve Winthrop. Um, you said you think that Villanova, you know, might be in a bad spot. They are ranked very high analytically. Um, Winthrop, however, is twenty three and one on the season. They've kind of been rolling through their schedule, which obviously has been you know comparatively extremely weak compared to other schools here. But I mean. They've been winning games. They've been having kind of a dream season. Um, and Villanova, like you said, could be kind of, you know, early exit, you know, surprisingly early exit in their, you know, Big East tournament. So this could be interesting. What are you thinking here? I, I, I Like I said earlier, I think I think Villanova and Virginia are the two most highly upsettable uh, high-ranked seeds in this tournament. I think Villanova, especially because they've had so many uncharacteristic losses. This is not a very typical Jay Wright team that is disciplined, takes care of the ball, does everything right. Basically, like kind of like a mirror image of UVA almost. You yeah. know, defensive-minded, does the little things right, is not going to wow you or dazzle you with anything like any any showtime or anything like that. It's yeah. going to be 
fundamental basketball. Yeah, I mean, upperclassmen. Yeah, this is going to be some Naismith basketball, plain and simple. Yeah. Um, and I think I just don't don't know what where to go here. I think it's going to be a toss up. I'm going to give it to Villanova, but I will say watch this game because there is a strong chance that it's, it'll it will get exciting down the uh, down the stretch. I, I completely agree. I got to give it to Villanova, but I'm I'm very curious to see Winthrop. I think that could be very interesting. Would not be surprised at all if this game goes the other way. The next game, Purdue, number four seed against number 13, North Texas. Um, I think Purdue is another team, to be honest. I don't know that much about them. One of the few teams, honestly, that I haven't really um, researched too much before filling this out. Um, but, again, they're a four seed coming out of the Big Ten. That's been the best conference in basketball this season, I think. No one would really argue with that. Um, they're, you know, battle-tested. I could, I just see them winning this game. What are you, you got any thoughts on Purdue? They're kind of a little bit of a forgettable team. Yeah, I mean, last time Purdue was in the tournament, it was it was Carson Edwards catching fire against yeah. UVA in the Elite Eight, yeah. and they eventually lost that game um, in OT after OT was forced on a crazy buzzer beater by UVA and, and Mamadi Diakite. So I, I like Purdue here. I think, they, like you said, they are a battle-tested team, obviously looking for revenge after some people think they got, got kind of screwed in that UVA game by the officials. So I would definitely look out for them. I, I don't like North Texas at all yeah. um, in this tournament. But this next matchup, I think, is interesting with Utah State and Texas Tech. Um, because Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, have had a, a hot and cold season. I mean, they, they've, they've won some big games. And Mac, Mac McClung has been awesome. Yeah. And I kind of wish, with the, given the season that Georgetown has had, I really wish he was still at Georgetown with Patrick Ewing. Uh, I think that would make them an even more compelling candidate to make a deep run if they had someone like him that they could put the offense on, really rely on. Um, I think this is going to be interesting, though, just given how volatile Texas Tech has seemed at times. Yeah. Again, playing in the Big 12, which is an incredible conference, very strong competition. Obviously, yeah. have the in-state rival with Texas, who is also, uh, what, a two-seed? Three-seed. Three-seed, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, another very highly ranked team. What do you think about this game? I think Texas Tech, for me, I mean, they're so... Such a likable team because because Mac McGlung is like famous, um, you know. Last they were in the Final Four, you know, last time. Um, so experience, good coach, you know. They got they got a good roster. They were well, kind I of a preseason. They made the national championship actually. Yeah, that's were, true. Yeah. With Jared Culver. Yeah, yeah. So they were they were a favorite, you know, coming into the season. Um, I'm just I'm skeptical. And Utah State is actually kind of an interesting team. They've got um, I believe one guy who's an incredible shot blocker. They've got some good big men, good rebounders. So. This is not going to be kind of the case where, you know, these big conference teams come in and they can kind of bully ball some of the smaller schools. I think Utah State will be able to, you know, bully right back a bigger school like Texas Tech. So I think it comes down to, you know, do you do we believe in Mac McClung yeah. to take them anywhere? And, and one other thing I, I wanted to add, I know you talked a lot about bully ball there and, and you know, the idea that this tournament, there are going to be some matchups where the Power 5 team doesn't always win. Yeah. You also got to take into effect the empty gym factor. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a level level playing field. I mean, even though there might be some talent gaps on both sides, that pretty much provides an, a neutral playing field. And, and it happened with UVA earlier this year. I mean, Kent State took them down to the wire in Charlottesville because it was a completely empty gym yeah. with a bunch of cardboard heads you know, around the, around the court. I think that... More than it makes this year more than any other year extremely volatile for upsets and a huge advantage for these smaller teams. Absolutely. So what what are we thinking? Are we taking Texas Tech or are we taking? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pocket my uh, my upset for the next round and I'm okay. gonna, I'm gonna take Texas Tech here. Okay, got you. Let's take Texas Tech number six over number thirteen Utah State. Yes, and and this is where I'm gonna use my uh, sorry not next round next game I'm gonna oh. use my upset here. Interesting. I'm thinking Colgate over Arkansas. 
Interesting. Colgate is a team that dominates the perimeter, and they can shoot, and they can get hot. They remind me of Lehigh. That today's the yeah. anniversary of the Lehigh Duke game. Yeah, they remind me of that like smaller school that can just go flame on from three point land. Yeah, dominate a team like Arkansas that's not really suspecting it or thinks they have a, a cakewalk kind of game. I like Colgate here. Well, there you have it. There's the first big upset, 14 over the three seed. Um, that'll be that'll be interesting to watch for sure. Another game to make sure to tune into. Um, Last couple games in the region. Again, we've got number 7, Florida, versus number 10, Virginia Tech. This is an interesting game as well. The ACC has been definitely weaker this season than most seasons. However, I kind of like Virginia Tech. They're definitely ranked above a 10 seed in terms of analytics, um, which, you know, obviously is not the end-all, be-all, but it does, you know, kind of the cream rises to the top in these, especially these neutral site games. Um, So in Florida, you know, historically kind of a great – Good example of, we were actually debating this in my house the other day, all the schools that think they're football schools but are actually basketball schools now. Michigan being kind of the top example of that. And Florida kind of being another one that's transitioned from football to a basketball school, even if their fans, football fans especially, probably would not admit it. Um, So kind of, I mean, a relatively down year for Florida. They've had some great teams in recent years. My one, my one qualm I have with Virginia Tech, though, I don't know. And and, and I'll, I'll, I'll take them in this matchup, but my one qualm with them, is they put out this Twitter video, and I don't know if you saw it, but it was like this video where it was like, it's one of those videos where it's like they put all the cold takes of all the people saying oh. Virginia Tech like stinks at basketball. Yeah, yeah. After getting a ten seed in the tournament. Yeah. Like they're like you're thank you haters. We are a ten seed now in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. We did not make the ACC championship game. Yeah. Like that. Not, that to me was and and they took they used a clip of like. Some guy from 2018. So we're talking about like years ago and, and Weird. All, this, all this stuff. Not quite it the was, Tom Brady Twitter video after the Super Bowl. Did you see exactly. that? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it, it, I don't know if you've seen that meme where it's the guy like going crazy and like spraying champagne on the podium and it turns out he's in third place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the guys in like second and first like wearing their medals or whatever. Yeah. That's basically what they're doing. It's like <laughs> popping the champagne already because they got a 10 seat in the tournament. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, that, that to me was confusing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still like him, but I like him a lot less after you brought that up. Yeah, that's that's not good. Um, so final game in the region is the two-seed Ohio State University, the Ohio State versus number 15, Oral Roberts. Um, I got to be honest, I love Ohio State in this tournament. I think they've been incredible down the stretch in the Big Ten. Big Ten has just been a freaking war to really come out of that. Um, and they came, came up, you know, uh, just short. Um, they did beat Michigan in the tournament, which is a big deal for them, obviously, with that rivalry. But, I mean, EJ Lytle, their big man who can shoot it, he can, you know, pass it. I, he, I think he's really, really solid. I think he's in the final 10 for the Naismith Award, um, or the Wooden Award, excuse me. Um, I just love Ohio State. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in complete agreement. Again, the, the, the Big Ten effect, having the strongest conference in college basketball, then having to go to war with Illinois and Michigan on the weekends, uh, they're an easy pick in that matchup, for yeah. sure. yeah. So now we're going to move down to the bottom left of your brackets. If you're following along along at home, the East region where Michigan is the number one seed, Um, they will be playing the winner of a play-in game of, to be honest, I don't know what these uh, abbreviations stand for. One of them is Texas Southern. The other is MSM. Mount St. Mary's. Mount St. Mary's. That's probably what it is. interesting. Okay. But regardless, I'm picking Michigan. The Fab Five. (laughs) I love the Fab Five. That was one of my favorite um, 30 for 30s growing up when I was little. I thought they were so cool. I was like, why didn't I get to grow up during this era? (laughs) Fab Five wearing the baggy shorts and like the the black socks, the high socks. Yeah. thought it was so cool. I thought they were so cool. 
That, yeah, I, I like Michigan a lot in this tournament. We'll, we'll come back to them as they progress. And, and this would be like the ultimate. I mean, imagine Michigan making it to the final against UNC and winning it after the Fab Five lost it on that phantom timeout. Do you remember that? Chris yeah, Weber calling yeah. the timeout against UNC. Or was it Duke or UNC? Uh, good question. I think it's UNC. I think it was UNC. And they called the, he, Chris yeah. Weber called the phantom timeout that was a technical foul because yep. they were out of, out of timeouts. Yeah. And it gave UNC the game. Yeah. Man, what a, what a revenge game that would be. That would be crazy. Um, our next game in this region, number eight versus number nine, LSU number eight versus number nine, St. Bonaventure. Um, LSU is intriguing coming out of the SEC. I think, you know, they made it to the SEC title game. They've got one guy, I forget his name, but he can shoot from the logo. Um, they, Will, Will Wade, great coach. Yes. One of my favorite coaches in college basketball right now. Yes. Yeah. They've got a good program down there. It's really kind of come together. Um, you know, they're analytically, again, St. Bonaventure is, you know, considered much better than LSU, but LSU has been very hot lately. Um, I know good friend of the show, Woods Rouse, turned us on to some other analytics rankings um, put on by uh, Jeff Sagarin. And in his rankings, LSU is ranked pretty high, um, number 28 in the country. But in terms of uh, their, like, hotness, they're the 16th best team lately, which is very interesting. Um, I don't know. I could really go either way on this game. I think... LSU meets my philosophy for March, which is always pick the team that gets hot at the right time, gets hot in the conference tournament. That's a philosophy I've been following since I watched firsthand Kemba Walker yeah. and UConn streak through the Big East and then go on to win it all. I mean, it's really all about who's hot when. And they took Alabama down to the wire in the yeah. SEC title game, and they were not supposed to be there. So I like LSU. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great pick. And I also think that um, this is going to be kind of an unpopular one. I think a lot of people will pick St. Bonaventure. People like those mid-major schools, mm-hmm. and there honestly aren't that many um, in good spots in this first round this year. So I think St. Bonnie's will be a very popular pick. And uh, you could you could collect some points in your bracket by picking LSU here if we get that right. Moving um, on, number five versus number 12, Colorado. Um, Boulder, where I'm from, uh, versus number 12, Georgetown. Now, I feel like we're going to butt heads here. I think we are. Yeah. 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 I, I like Georgetown. I think Georgetown, again, it's the criteria of getting hot when it matters most. And right now, Georgetown is streaking. I mean, they downed Villanova and Creighton. They had arguably one of the hardest roads to their conference championship in the country. I mean, beating those two teams. That being said, they don't have their like strong go-to guy. Yeah, and I feel like every March team, especially a team that's going to streak and and win all go all the way, is going to need their Kemba Walker. Um, yeah, they're going to need that guy that can take charge when the offense isn't really, you know, kicking the way that should. Right. So that's what makes me a little skeptical of Georgetown, but I just love a team that's hot right now. Love Patrick Ewing, especially winning the title at MSG. Yeah. Where his name is in the rafters and the security still didn't let him in. <laughs> I know. That's incredible. That was great. I, yeah. I, I I have a theory. I honestly think the school did that on purpose. To get him to fired To try up. and fire up. Yeah, fire him up because yeah. it, worked, it worked perfectly. Yeah. I mean, it obviously motivated him, motivated the team. Yeah. Um, I like Georgetown yeah. here. I don't know about you. We can, I, we can butt heads on this. Let's, 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 let's embrace debate for a little bit. Yeah. So the case for Colorado is they're a five seed here. Um, analytically, they're the 17th best team in the country. So they're underseeded, you know, technically, um, if you believe the analytics. Um, however, they were expected to roll through the Pac-12 tournament, which they did until they ran into Oregon State, who beat them in the Pac-12 championship game. Kind of surprising for a lot of people and definitely, you know, cause for concern, I think, for, you know, Buffs fans. Um, I, I, I think Georgetown would be a very popular pick, but I'm kind of leaning with you on that. I think CU is a good team, but I think they could, their confidence could be really shot. Um that being also, said, though, 
you should make your choice because it's again it's not my bracket yeah i don't want to I don't want to anger the basketball gods and destroy <laughs> UVA's chance of potentially running the table. So That's true. If That's you true. want to pick the buffs, go ahead. I think I want this to be be under your ownership. Just, yeah. Just so we're clear. I think I think I'm going to pick Georgetown. You know, I've got Colorado in some of my other brackets. I really think this game is a toss up. Um, I, but you know, I, I get what you're saying about them being hot. I also um, I dunked on uh, the University of Colorado head coach's son. I dunked on him in high school. Um, that's not a lie. I've got the video to back it up. Um, <laughs> he went on to play D3, so he wasn't incredible or anything. Um, but I still dunked on him. I mean, a dunk is a poster is a poster, yeah. regardless. Get that on the record. In, in CU Stadium. That's where we played our rival oh, high school. Man. Oh, on the man. floor with his dad right there. It was oh, awesome. Man. So, yeah. You know what? Sorry, Tad Boyle, and sorry, Jack Boyle. Shout out the Boyle family in, <laughs> in Boulder. We're going to take Georgetown. Um <laughs> Our next game is number four, Florida State versus number 13, UNC Greensboro. Um, Florida State obviously lost in the ACC title game, um, but, you know, they've got a great coach in Leonard Hamilton who's had a lot of success recently. I don't know if that – I did watch that ACC title game. I don't know if you've ever seen on ESPN they've got the above-the-rim camera. So cool. I love so it. So cool. It's mesmerizing. I love that. It, you can just get such a good sense of basketball watching that. I, I wish ESPN did more of the tournament games because I love – like I don't know if you watched it, but the uh, the college football playoff games where they did like the the different channels, like each ESPN channel yeah, had like a yeah. different. There was like the one with all the stats, and then there was one where it was like every possible camera angle all yeah. at once. Like it showed the coaches, like it showed the above view. It was so cool. I wish more people would do that. They, yeah, ESPN does a great job with, with college sports, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, check out the above the rim camera if you if you get a chance. Um, I'm definitely in Florida State here. I don't think that they're necessarily a dark horse or anything to win a ton of games, but I think that they'll clean up UNC Greensboro. Uh, Florida State, yeah, I, I would I would pick them here. That being said, I don't like Florida State in March. I think that ACC yeah. title game was a prime example. If you're a team that's hanging a banner um, because you were the, I guess, handed the ACC title because the ACC tournament got canceled because of COVID, and then March Madness got canceled, so they hung a banner saying they were the ACC they champion, really and I, they hung one. I mean, the ACC one is kind of understandable because conferences started just awarding the trophy to whoever won the regular season, and they won the regular season. I don't want to sound like a salty UVA fan. Like, they <laughs> won that fair and square. But they hung a, a, a banner saying what seed they were going to be in a tournament that never happened because of COVID. That's weird. I don't That's really, really I don't know if I like that. And, and I just don't know if this team is built to last in March. And I think, you know, Against that Georgia Tech team, of course. I mean, that Georgia yeah. Tech team had a cakewalk to the AC title game because right. they didn't have to play the number one overall seed in UVA because they dropped out because of COVID. Yeah. So they had not only more rest, but they also, you know, did not face the kind of opponents they should have. Um, and, and the fact that Florida State still lost that game, I just it, it, it doesn't make me hopeful for a deep run for them in March. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Georgetown pulled that upset in the round of 32. Yeah, yeah. I also would say just watching the above the rim camera, you get such a sense of the team's chemistry. There's no commercial, so you get to watch the timeouts. And to me, Florida State looked very low energy. It was very tight down the stretch, but they just felt low energy, especially compared to Georgia Tech, who were, you know, the underdog coming in, but they just seemed to fight harder. So that's concerning for me. We'll still pick them here, though. Um, moving to our next game, it's going to be BYU, the sixth seed runner-up in the West Coast Conference um, against the playing game. This will be a surprise for some people. Michigan State versus UCLA in a playing game to play BYU, the higher seed. This, Very interesting. This was contentious because Michigan State has beaten two of the number one seeds, um, but they 
are going to have to play themselves in while Syracuse is an 11 seed that's already in the tournament and doesn't have to play themselves in. And that got a lot of people upset because Syracuse did not have the best season by any means, yeah. um, especially in the ACC. And this was a down. I mean, if there was any time for Syracuse to have a good year in the ACC, it was going to be this year when you have UNC starting out rocky, Duke never coming to fruition, never really coming into their own. Yeah. Uh, this was the year for those kinds of teams to kind of make a run. Notre Dame did a great job of, of kind of making a run later in the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they picked up some big wins as well. Uh, I kind of like, I don't know, if, do you like Michigan State here? I, I think just the fact that they've beaten Illinois and Michigan, I, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and I like Tom Izzo in March um, a lot. The BYU team is interesting. I think they're, I was watching the highlights of that conference championship against Gonzaga. BYU was up huge and kind of collapsed at the end. Jalen Suggs went off at the end of the game um, for Gonzaga. So I think they could be a little shaken by that. I think we'll take the playing game winner here, um, whether it's Michigan State or UCLA. Um, I think UCLA also is kind of an underrated team. They also look good numbers-wise, um, probably underseeded, but I think either of those teams have enough to beat BYU. Um, next game is number three, Texas, versus number 14, Abilene Christian. Texas, Shaka Smart. I think Texas is one of the most athletic teams I've seen recently in college basketball. They've got some just monsters, big men who can jump out of the gym. Greg Brown's going to be a lottery pick most likely. Um, Kai Jones, um, Chris Jericho. I mean, they've got some big men who can block shots, can dunk everything. And, I mean, I watch some of their games, and it just gets a little sloppy and kind of devolves into an AAU game, and they thrive in that. They've also got some great guards. I've watched a lot of their games, so I know them a little better than some other teams. They've got Andrew Jones. Um, and Coleman, two great, you know, older guards and just athletic bigs. So I, I, I don't mind Texas. I think Andrew Jones is one of the the best stories in college basketball, overcoming leukemia, and now he, you know, his Texas team is one of the best in one of the best conferences, strongest yeah. conferences in college basketball. I like Texas, and more specifically, love Andrew Jones. So yeah. Just want incredible. to see him succeed for sure. I remember thinking he was an incredible player before the cancer diagnosis. I mean thinking he was just awesome. I remember seeing an interview with him talking about how hard you have to work and then just his story, you know, leukemia and coming back from that. Incredible. Really just incredible. It's insane. It's a miracle. Um, Our next game is number seven, UConn versus number 10, Maryland. Um, Hammer UConn. Hammer Hammer, UConn. Hammer Hammer. Hammer UConn. We love UConn. We think we love UConn. UConn and USC. And USC. Two of our favorite sleepers. So mark that down. USC, UConn. Um, we love them. And a final game in the region, number two, Alabama versus number 15, Rick Patino's Iona. All right, I'm going to come in hot here. Iona, love them. Really? Love yeah. Them. I think Alabama has a tendency to get sloppy. And they've, okay. never been in this sort of, they've never been in this sort of environment before. They had way too many games against lowly SEC teams towards the end of the season come down to the wire. That LSU game is one of them. I know it was the conference title. But, I mean, Alabama, if they're uh, as good as they say they are and as good as people hype them up to be, it should be running away, and the, the SEC should have been theirs by a mile, especially in a year when Kentucky yeah. was had a losing record. I mean, they should have won the SEC by a much wider margin than what they did. And Iona has one of, you, you know, you can love him, hate him. He's, I, I will admit, he's done a lot of bad things, and mm-hmm. he has violated a lot of rules, NCAA rules. He cheated straight up. But Rick Pitino is one of the all-time greatest school coaches in college basketball. He's taken five different teams to the NCAA tournament. He turned Louisville into a dynasty for a little bit. I would not bet against him. And and I'm going to take Iona here, just on the premise that Alabama has never been in this kind of situation where they're so highly ranked, so highly touted, so many expectations. 
this to me smells like a, a Mizzou Norfolk State uh, rewind time. The, this would bust a lot of brackets. I think Alabama is a favorite among experts to come out of this region. But I like what you said. I mean, I think that their you know performance in the SEC title game is kind of worrying. Um, I don't like their kind of lack of size, to be honest. Um, I don't know. And also, you know, they're considered one of the best defensive teams in the country. And, you know, everyone always says great offense beats great defense. So when they're running into a team, you know, that's playing good offense, I, I think they have potential to bust. So we're going to pick Iona here. Um, mark that down at home. That's that's going to be an interesting interesting game. Moving on to the final region of the first round, then we'll start to, since we've kind of covered a lot of the teams and we're running out of time a little bit, we'll start to kind of fly through the rest of the bracket, I think. Um Number one, Illinois versus Drexel. I I love Illinois. Um, That's an easy pick for sure. I think they're the best. I they're my pick to win it all. To be honest, mm-hmm. I love them. So obviously, win this first game. And the team eight nine game next. The team with by far the toughest draw of anyone. Loyola Chicago, the tenth best team in the country analytically, gets an eight seed. Um, obviously, you know, Sister Jean is fully vaccinated, ready to. She's going to try and be in Indianapolis. She's going to be there. It's confirmed. Really? She's oh, going to nice. be there. Awesome. Yep. And they've got to play Georgia Tech, the ACC championship with Josh Pastner, coach, who, you know, is hot right now. It's going to be a tough game. i got to pick Loyola Chicago, but I think that this is a really tough matchup for these two teams, you know, and either of them could win. Either of them could face Illinois, which is tough. If they had just gotten a four or five seed, I think they could have gone really far, but one of them's got to lose. Yeah, Loyola Chicago is is my pick, too, and I'm going to agree with you. I think Georgia Tech's Cinderella story has already run its course. I mean, it's they... They did what they needed to do. They won the ACC. They took advantage of UVA dropping out because of COVID. I feel like the weight of that, the expectations of that, are just going to be too much for them yeah. going forward. Um, that that's historically been, you know, a very common thing in March when you get like a first time winner. I remember the first time UVA won the ACC back in 2014. That that was a pretty quick quick run for them in the tournament yeah. because you know you reach that threshold of winning the ACC right. or winning your conference. Your season's made, and yeah, and, and then everything else just kind of seems like you're happy to be here. You know, yeah. it, it's it's a different kind of um, vision or a different way of seeing things than than someone who's consistently in the tournament and is trying to win it all. So I, I like Loyola Chicago here, but a terrible terrible draw that they have to play Illinois in the in the next round. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our next game is number five, Tennessee versus number 12, the Pac-12 champion, Oregon State Beavers. Um, this is another interesting one. Tennessee, I think, made the semis in the SEC tournament. Oregon State did win the Pac-12. That's how they got in the tournament. Um, I could see this being an upset just because Oregon State's hot. Um, I don't think Tennessee is that exciting this year. Um, I don't know. You have any thoughts on this? I, I, Tennessee's been kind of streaky. Um, I, I really don't know where I would stand on this game, and, and especially streaky in a SEC that lacked, you know, strong talent outside of Alabama. No Kentucky too. Yeah. I don't. I don't know where uh, where I stand on the SEC this year. I'm gonna. I think we're gonna take Oregon State there. Maybe win one game. See see what happens. Um, next game is number four, Cade Cunningham's Oklahoma State Cowboys versus number thirteen Liberty. Um, I am. A seller on Oklahoma State. I don't love really? them. I am. Um, I think Cade Cunningham, a lot of highlights, incredible player. He's going to be an incredible pro. Um, but when he gets in foul trouble, which he is prone to do, or if he has too many turnovers, which he's also prone to do, they get in trouble. He's kind of the offense. And when they when they win these big games, he's making really tough, low percentage shots. I don't think that's sustainable. I think they win this game, but I don't like them going far. They're actually... On the ESPN brackets currently, they're the ninth most popular Final Four pick 
after all the one and the two seeds. So wow. people love Oklahoma State. I'm I'm really I'm a seller on them. To be fair though, you were kind of bullish on uh, John Morant. Uh, yeah, I did not like John Morant last year. That's true. They only won one game in the tournament though. Yeah, so I wasn't I, that I far will off. Say- Kate Cunningham, to me, and and as someone who emphasizes very hard, you know, getting hot in March, I think Cade Cunningham is the kind of guy, because, you know, every team needs someone that you can put the offense on. Yeah. In 2019, it was DeAndre Hunter, who was a lottery pick to the Hawks for UVA. You yeah. Know, with, with Purdue, it was Carson Edwards, who, who kept, caught fire. You need your guy where if all else fails, he'll be able to carry you to the finish line. Kemba Walker, yeah. Kemba Walker, exactly. And, and to me, Cade Cunningham fits that kind of archetype, whether he'll be able to deliver is a whole other argument. He yeah. reminds me of that kind of player, but I don't know if he'll be able to deliver. I, I agree with you. That's true. He um, definitely have a, has his flaws. Our next game is number six, San Diego State versus number 11, Syracuse. Um, San Diego State is pretty hot right now, but obviously coming from a weaker conference, Syracuse kind of, some people were a little surprised, I think, to see them even yeah, in the tournament. I, I'm not buying Syracuse at all. I don't know about you, but, but UVA blew them out pretty handily, and, and they've just... Coming from a weak ACC, an off-year ACC, didn't make it far in the ACC tournament. I, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, so we're going to take San Diego State there. Next game, number three, West Virginia versus number 14, Moorhead State. Um, West Virginia is interesting. You know, didn't make too much noise in the Big 12 tournament. But um, really great regular season. Obviously, a staple of a Bob, Bob Huggins team is great defense. Love Bob. I mean, they're. I, I think they're going to be a really tough matchup for teams. Um I like him in this this first round game. I'm not sure how far I like him though. Uh, I agree with you. Let's let's hammer West Virginia. <clears throat> and next game, number seven, Clemson versus number ten, Rutgers. This is going to be another very popular upset pick. Yeah. I think. Uh, where do you stand here? I, I want you to I want you to make this pick here. I so this is still your bracket. Yes, yeah, uh, we still need to make my, sure we clarify that. Still my bracket. Um, I like Rutgers here. Analytically, they're really really strong. Um, this is one of the one of the picks that you know the analytics people say you got to hammer Rutgers here in this first round game. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Rutgers over Clemson. And the final game here is going to be number two, Houston versus number fifteen, Cleveland State. Um, Houston has been you know really strong all season. Not many not many losses. Um, great rebounding team. A lot of second chance buckets. Um, veteran team, uh, you know, another team that probably would have done really well last year if there was a tournament, but there wasn't. Um, I, I like them to go, you know, pretty far. So we'll take them there, and now we're going to move into the second round. Um, start to start to get a little rapid fire here. First, we yeah. got you good. want to do like first first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's just go like popcorn style. Let's, let's do it. Let's just go. All right, Gonzaga versus Oklahoma. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Easily. Easily. UCSB versus Virginia. 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 USC versus Kansas. USC. USC. Oregon versus Iowa. Oh, yeah, I'll let you take that one. I'll take Iowa here. Iowa? Okay. Um, then we got Baylor versus Wisconsin. Baylor, but it's going to be close. Baylor. It's going to be close. Villanova versus Purdue. Ah, uh, this might be the Villanova upset. This might be it. Okay, I'll take Purdue here. I think that's going to be unpopular. I don't think Purdue's getting a lot of buzz this year. Um, Texas Tech versus Colgate. Texas Tech. I Texas think that's the answer. Yeah. Okay. Virginia Tech versus Ohio State. Got to go Ohio State. Easy. Easy. Next, we got Michigan LSU. Michigan. Michigan. Georgetown versus Florida State. Oh, what, I'll let you pick this. Where, where, what are you feeling on the upset? Let's go Georgetown. Sweet 16. Okay. Um, Michigan State or UCLA versus Texas. 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 UConn versus Iona. 
Hammer UConn. Hammer UConn. UConn and USC to the moon. <laughs> we got Illinois versus Loyola Chicago. This is going to be an incredible game if it happens. Praying for Sister Jean if this happens. I, I got to go Illinois, but that that is going to be an enticing game. Uh, Oregon State versus Oklahoma State. Um, I don't know where I stand here. This is this is pro- probably the first toss-up we've hit. I'm going to say Oregon State. Oregon State. Uh, All right, run it. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. San Diego State versus West Virginia. WVU. Okay, West Virginia. And Bob Huggins, we trust. Rutgers versus Houston. You go Houston. Houston. Moving into our Sweet 16 games to get to the Elite Eight, Gonzaga or UVA? Oh, Gonzaga. <laughs> Gonzaga. They blew out UVA by like 25 yeah. in the season. That We've seen that matchup already. Yeah. USC versus Iowa. US, I, USC. Did, USC? Do I like have, it. Do they have someone to cover Luca Garza? Evan Mobley. Beautiful. Yeah. Run it. Love it. Run it. Um, Michigan versus Georgetown. Got to go Michigan. Have to. I, I think Patrick Ewing's Cinderella story has come to an end, but he has accomplished a lot. I, yeah. I, even if they lose to Michigan, this season is a huge success for them. Absolutely. Texas versus UConn. Oh, man. Do we keep hammering UConn? I don't know. Maybe we should just keep hammering USC instead. I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning UConn in this game, but Texas okay. is big and athletic. Um, and they're good when, when just the offense falls, when everything falls apart, which is March. March yeah. is where everything falls apart. All right. We'll take Texas. Okay. Um, then we've got Baylor, Purdue. I think Baylor. Baylor. Um, we've got Texas Tech, Ohio State. Ohio, I got to go Ohio, Ohio State. Ohio State. Yep. Um, Illinois versus Oregon State. Illinois. Illinois. West Virginia versus Houston. This will be an interesting game. Oh, um, what are you feeling? Or how how confident are you in Bob Huggins? That's really the uh, not, measure here. Not confident enough. I think I'm going to take Houston. Okay. All right. So now we're in the Elite Eight, moving teams to go to the Final Four. We've got Gonzaga or USC. I think Gonzaga. I like them. I think they're really strong. Um, we've got Michigan or Texas. Tough game. This tough is going to be really for sure. Yeah, I, I might have to take Texas here. I don't yeah. know about you though. I, I think Texas could do it. I mean, Michigan has a big man who's really good. They've also got their best player. A big um, part of that, though, is I, I don't want a, a 4-1 seed Final Four. That's true. we gotta we got to diversify a little bit. That's true. So we'll take Texas out of this region. And then we've got Baylor or Ohio State. Oh, I I got to go Ohio State. Ohio State, I was more on the same wavelength Okay, here. yeah. I'm a, I love the Big Ten this year, and I love Ohio State. Um, then we've got Illinois or Houston, one or two seed. I love Illinois too. Illinois, hammer. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we got our final four set: Gonzaga versus Texas, and then Ohio State versus Illinois. Gonzaga versus Texas to start. I think it's gotta be. What are you thinking? I knew you're gonna leave it up to me to make the tough decision here. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I'm gonna give it to Gonzaga. Yeah. I, I think they. I think they do it. I agree. Um, and then Ohio State and Illinois round four on the season this year between Boy. these two teams. What's what's the record? What's the split? Illinois has games. Illinois won two. Ohio State has won one, but they've been close games. What do you think? Do you think Ohio State balances the scales, or do you think Illinois continues their, uh, it's, their winning streak? It's a tough one. I think Illinois. I just love Illinois. Let's do Illinois. I think Ayo DeSumo, um, yeah, Kofi Coburn, I mean, I think they're just loaded. Both guys who are going to be... Playing in the NBA one, yes, for sure. Absolutely. So we've got Illinois and Gonzaga in our title game. I know who I like. Illinois. I like Illinois. I, right. Yeah. Illinois is my pick to win it. Um, Let's do it. I think Gonzaga, you know, it would be incredible if they if they made it all the way undefeated, but I just think that playing in that, you know, in the tough Big Ten all season, Illinois is just 
battle-hardened. They've got veterans. They've got young guys. They've got a great coach. Um, I think they've got a tougher path to make it this far. But um, I think if they do make it, they're just going to be ready. I think it's their year. So I'm, I'm taking Illinois over Gonzaga. Well, you heard it here first. The winner of the Gotta Take This Bracket is Illinois. First time we've ever done this. Um, but I guarantee Warren Buffett is going to be sending us that. Is it million or billion? Um, yeah, I don't know. Is it a billion? It should be. I mean, either way, it's, it's more <laughs> money than either, <laughs> either of us have in our pocket right now for sure. But thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been the first episode of Season 2 of Gotta Take This here on WAR Lexington. We'll see you all next time. Thank awesome. you all so much.